It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 5th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, this week especially, be sure to check out our pals at Locked On Jaguars as the Jacksonville Jaguars get set to take on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, always worth your time as you get set for the NFL playoffs. I'm sure they'll have lots of Blake Bortles talk. And of course, um, you know, since, since we're here, don't forget Monday, Church Street, UCF will be celebrating their national championship. That's right. I'm all in on this. UCF winning the national championship, uh, going 13-0, 14-0, didn't they? I think they went, no, no they went 13-0, they only played 11 games in the regular season because of the Hurricanes, but uh, UCF will celebrate their national championship Sunday at the Magic Kingdom, if you want to pay for that, or Monday at Church Street, 6 o'clock I think is when the party starts on Church Street, so Orlando's going to celebrate a championship, and, and I think we should all celebrate it and enjoy it, so yeah, I'm all in on that, so be sure to check that out if you are in the Orlando area and charge on, of course. Congrats to the UCF Knights again on the on the humongous victory and on their national championship. I am all again, I am all in on this. Hang a ba- raise a banner, buy some t-shirts, go knights, charge on. Um, and we'll we'll see what they we'll see what happens uh on Monday in the quote unquote national championship game. On today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about the trade deadline and where we stand with things as Jeff Weltman kind of gave his mid-season checkup with Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel. I'll provide a link to that up on the Facebook page at Locked On Magic. Just search for Locked On Magic as well as I'll put out the links on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Um, but we're nearing the halfway point of the season. Tuesday at Dallas will actually mark the halfway point of the season. And Jeff Weltman had some interesting comments, a lot, a lot of PR babble, a lot of kind of GM speak, and, and and a lot of things that we've heard from Weltman throughout the course of the season. But I'll discuss that a little bit, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about trade strategy. I've talked a little bit about it, um, you know, in last week's episodes. Be sure to go back and listen to those if you want a little bit more detailed talk. But I'll talk a little bit about where the Magic stand as far as what I think they'll do with the trade deadline. Is we are now officially a month away from the trade deadline. And then I'll close out with a preview of the Magic's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Saturday. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, aside from UCF's national championship, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Jeff Jeff Weltman had his kind of mid-season interview with Josh Robbins with the Orlando Sentinel. It's been typical that, you know, the GM will do uh, a preseason inter- preseason to sit down with Josh and and uh, with of the Orlando Sentinel, of course, um, and then a midseason sit down and, and kind of give a a weighing point of where the team is at. And you know, a lot of the narrative that that we've had when we've talked about Jeff Weltman and we've talked about his vision of the team is that 
we really don't know what he wants to do with this team quite yet. We have ideas. I mean, we know that John Hammond, his general manager, has always favored kind of long, rangy players that are versatile defensively. Um, and we suspect that Jeff Weltman wants to go the same way. Obviously, they took Jonathan Isaac over Dennis Smith, which I think was, you know, considering how many people still debate that decision and 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 even to some extent say the Magic should have drafted Dennis Smith, they'd be better today if they if they did. That might be true. That probably would be true because Jonathan Isaac's been hurt most of the season. But uh, you don't draft players for what they can do for you today, especially on a team like the Magic, which didn't really have any goals. I mean, let's 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 be honest. From the very beginning, Jeff Weltman said we want to take the time and evaluate what we have on the roster. We want to take the time and understand the player dynamics, the interpersonal dynamics that occur on this team. Figure out who these players are and. Essentially, by my estimation, these these are my words, not not Jeff's. By my estimation, they're trying to figure out who to keep and who to spin off and who to who to move on from. We've watched a lot of these players for several years now. We kind of have an idea and have may, maybe made some conclusions about these players. But I will give Jeff Weltman credit for trying to get a different perspective on it and and allowing them to kind of play the, play themselves in and out, you know play themselves into his good graces or or show him what they can do it was as as we said in a podcast at the very beginning of the season it was a quote unquote prove it season prove it to the coaches prove it to the league prove it to yourself prove it to the new management that you belong in a magic uniform and that you can turn into something and you know i think uh, for the first time really in this interview with Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel Jeff Weltman really explained what he meant by by why he wanted to evaluate guys. Um, you know, he said he said in the interview he spoke with Alfred Payton in the pre-draft process, and you get a sense of how who the, who the guy is in the pre-draft process. But that's essentially a job interview. You don't get to see the work that they put in day in and day out, how they interact with the team, with the team, how they interact with the coaches. You, you don't get that sense from the job interview setting. Or in, even in a draft workout setting. It, that, that's just a snapshot. It helps you make a decision on draft night. But it may not help you make a decision on whether to extend a guy, offer him a contract, where to put him in the lineup, whatever. And so I think that is a pretty clear explanation of what Weltman wanted to see when he stepped in. Is to say, okay, I now know how these two players interact with each other. And, and if I want to keep this player, maybe I can't keep that player. Or, uh, or you know, these two players really do work well together and we need to kind of foster that relationship. That's not to say, in this conversation at least, that's not to say that that the Magic are definitely keeping Alfred Payton. I, I don't think they're committed to anything or to anyone at this point, except for Jonathan Isaac and probably Aaron Gordon. I think Aaron Gordon is relatively safe on this team. I think the Magic will, will make an offer to him. Uh, so they're, they're not, I, I, think, I think the evaluations are still ongoing, but we are getting closer and closer and closer to a big decision point. That decision point, of course, being the NBA trade deadline in early February. Before we get there, though, I think that it is important to note that that Weltman said a few other things about the way the team is playing currently. Um, certainly, he said it's frustrating uh, that that the team is not playing well, and and he didn't want to use injuries as an excuse. But he said uh, he said, and I think I think this is more or less a direct quote. That if you could define the team's season in one word, it is injuries. The Magic have used the second most starting lineups in the league. And I think I saw a stat the other day that the Magic have lost the most starters games, essentially games from starting players, of any team in the league. So the Magic have lost a lot this year. Let's not 
let's not pretend that injuries haven't played a factor in this season. That the Magic haven't figured out, haven't had to overcome some drastic uh, and major and some major uh, impediments that are virtually out of their control. I mean, Jonathan Isaac's development was a big storyline for this season, and essentially, it's been put on the shelf because he's been hurt. And when you look at you know Nikola Vucevic, who was playing really well, Terrence Ross, who I thought was playing really, really well, uh, Aaron Gordon was playing well before his injury, Evan Fournier was playing well before his injury. The Magic just kind of had this 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 domino effect of injuries just hit them. And this was not a team that can recover. They, uh, they, Like I said yesterday, the Magic aren't winning many games if Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier are struggling from the floor. The Magic are were already behind the eight ball. We knew that entering the season. And now they're even further behind the eight ball because of all the injuries that they have faced so far this season in the first half of the season. I think it's safe to say that everyone is disappointed in the team's record. 12 and 27 now, 12 and 26 is not where the Magic want to be. Uh, and certainly after the 8-4 and four start, the Magic expected to be a lot better than they were. And, and, and I you know, I said it to, I, I felt like they, they had shown to me that they can compete for a playoff spot this year. And I still believe that. When healthy, I think this team can compete for a playoff spot. But of course, they're in such a deep hole now that it is not likely that they will accomplish that goal. It, it Begrudgingly, Focus has turned to the draft, and that's that's you know a, a discussion for another day. I've started watching some of the draft prospects, not many, that I have started watching them. I, I watched DeAndre Ayton's second half on on Thursday, um, but the season has quickly become lost. But that doesn't mean the Magic still don't have work to do. The trade deadline is obviously, obviously, in front of them, and that's really the first big decision point for Jeff Weltman to make. Of course, to make a trade, you need a partner. And trades aren't likely to go down, you know, unless a team is certain they're going to get better or accomplishes some type of goal. And we'll talk about the Magic's trade strategy again in a, in a little bit. Uh, but certainly, I think I think Weltman reiterated a, a notion that I've said on here that he's not going to rush into a deal. He's going to make sure that the deal makes sense for the team's long-term future. Uh, and he's going to continue to evaluate. And so while there are plenty of reports out there suggesting the Magic will be active at the trade deadline, that they have players that other teams may want, the reality is that the Magic are going to probably remain a little patient. I, I, I want to caution everyone before we enter this trade season that the Magic are going to be active, but active in talks doesn't necessarily mean active in deals, and the deals you discuss and negotiate at the trade deadline may not be consummated or, or accomplished or, or go through until the draft. And if you ask me, I think the Magic are more likely to make major deals at the draft as opposed to at the trade deadline. We have a little bit more than a month until the trade deadline. So it's going to come fast. And again, I'll talk a little bit more about the strategy in just a moment. But this will be the first decision point. This will be the first time when we begin to understand, okay, Jeff Weltman, you've made your evaluations. How are you going to make this team better? Because let's be honest, 
This is a 12-win team at the midpoint, so the Magic are on pace for, let's say, let's let's be generous, the Magic are on pace for 26 wins this year. 25, let's say 25. That's not a good season. That's actually four wins worse than last year. They're behind last year's pace, as bad as last year was. And I think we can all sense there are some intangible problems um, that, that you can't measure with analytics. There are definitely fit problems. There's definitely roster construction problems. And there's certainly depth problems as well that, that maybe we didn't quite anticipate this year. And so Weltman does still have a lot on his plate, but he does seem willing to be patient and make the right moves and perhaps, you know, perhaps eat a contract or two to, to wait for that right move. This was never a one-year fix. I want to reiterate that. This was never a one-year fix. It was always going to take time to get the Magic out of the hole that they've been in. And so, Jeff Wiltman is going to need the time. And, you know, he I counted in, in Josh Robbins' article, he used, he used some form of the word evaluate or evaluation six times. There was, that was the definite theme of his interview with Josh Robbins, is we are still evaluating our roster. And part of me wants to say that that is kind of a code word for for there's not much I can do right now that I'm kind of stuck a little bit right right now and I I you know yeah I want to make a deal I'm going to be active to make deals but in all likelihood I'm going to have to get worse to get better just keep that in mind as we go through the rest of the season or as we get closer to the trade deadline, that Orlando is not likely to get equal value. And what's important when the Magic do consider how they make their trades or how they make their moves now is what am I gaining from a trade? If I do take a downgrade in talent, am I gaining cap space? Am I gaining uh, flexibility? Am I gaining a veteran that I want? You know, Am I just kind of sh- reshuffling the, the chairs on the Titanic a little bit? As I'll, as I'll note in a little bit, there is a specific strategy that the Magic should pursue when it comes to the trade deadline. The final note that I think came out of this interview, though, is one that has been a, a bit of a hot-button topic among Magic fans, and that is the future of Coach Frank Vogel. The most unequivocal thing that Fra- that Jeff Weltman said in this interview is that Frank that he believes Frank Vogel is a good coach and is the right coach for this team. It was it was a kind of full-throated, not, it was a pretty full-throated support for Frank Vogel as the Orlando Magic's head coach in this interview. He thinks Vogel's done a good job, that, that injuries have been a huge, he's been a victim of, of circumstance with the injuries, uh, and that Vogel is a coach that values continuity. And another interesting thing that I thought Waltman said was, you know, continuity has to be earned. So the Magic had continuity from last year, uh, they 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 kind of ran it back a little bit with their core. It's clearly not working. That tells you what you need to know about whether the Magic are going to keep this core together or not. I, I would expect at least one big move, either at the deadline or certainly before the draft. Uh, but he was still very, he was kind of very unequivocal that Vogel is their coach and, and said that Vogel, um, you know, is a coach that values continuity and that's not something he's had this year. That's something that he's really struggled that that the team's really struggled to give him, and you know we've uh, you know and, and I'm sure I'll talk about Vogel's weaknesses as a coach uh, on a future podcast, and, and I, I don't think Vogel is blameless for the way the Magic have played. I think he's definitely cost them a few wins here or there, uh, but 
again, these are not things they didn't know when they hired Vogel. Vogel's always kind of been this way. Um, and, you know, I think some of the flaws that we're seeing with Vogel are flaws that we uh, have expected from Vogel uh, for, for, you know, are seen from him in Indiana and elsewhere. So I think that that's what we get out of this, is that the Orlando Magic Management is still still figuring out what they have and what their value is and what they can get get for them and how they fit into the general future vision of this team. And that is an ongoing process. While we may have made conclusions, perhaps they have too, or perhaps they're still gathering information. Of course, being a general manager, they're not going to reveal most of that to the public. It's going to stay behind closed doors a little bit. Their true feelings are going to stay behind closed doors. They're going to be very kind of vague with some of their statements and, and you know talk up their team, obviously, because they're trying to build some value in them. But I thought I think overall, you know, Weltman provided you know a, a good sho- a good showing of where the team is at and and what he views as the path forward for this team. Um, I, I thought that you know something that I've been telling people that that I've been getting a little bit excited about, um, because I'm an optimist and I always try to find something to be optimistic about. I think a core of Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and whoever they draft in this year's draft, if it's if it's a high draft pick, which it's looking like it will be. I think that's a pretty good place to start building, and so I, 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 I don't. I, I think that there is reason to be excited about the Magic's future. Like I've said, I think before on this podcast, the rest of this season, particularly, is all about growing Aaron Gordon. The more Aaron Gordon grows this year, the better, and it's all because he's probably part of this future core that we're going to see the magic build around. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, figuring out how to build around that core is going to be the trickiest part, uh, complementing that core, uh, making sure they get the right opportunities, the right pieces around them, the right complementary pieces. All that stuff is the trick of the game. And I think we all sense in this Magic team that they need to flip this core over. That they need to, they they need to to uh, kind of turn the turn the page a little bit on the Rob Hennigan era, and and Jeff Weltman needs to be able to put his imprint on this team. The unfortunate thing is that he really didn't have that opportunity in free agency this summer because the Magic were cash strapped thanks to the spending spree the, the summer before, and that's not going to change this year. If you listen to my podcast last week with Andrew Bernica of the step back where we talked about the Magic's trade strategy and trade possibilities, as well as the podcast on Friday with Chris Barnwell of CBS Sports. We talked a little bit about this, how the Magic really don't have cap room this summer. Again, Orlando, uh, by my calculations, the Magic will have about $13 million of cap space. That does not include Aaron Gordon's contract. Orlando will have to spend the majority, if not uh, certainly all, of that cap room 
on Aaron Gordon's extension or Aaron Gordon's new contract. So don't expect the Magic to be active in, in free agency this summer because they simply don't have the money. And it may be a few summers until they do. And so that puts the attention on the trade market. How do the Magic get out of the rut that they're in? Trading Bismack Biombo is obviously the easy answer because he's not producing at the level of his contract. Um, but that's going to be extremely tough because everyone knows he's not producing at the level of his contract. Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross are fantastic trade assets. They've got team-friendly deals. Only one year left after this one. They would have been great players to trade. The unfortunate problem is they're both hurt. And that's going to make it tough to trade them before the trade deadline. Then you have Evan Fournier, who might be the most intriguing trade possibility on this team. uh, Because Evan Fournier is a scorer. He's clearly shown that he can play at the NBA level and play at a high level. The question is whether he can start for your team, and the question, and then the question of value comes into play too, especially since he has three years left on his deal. And then you get Nelford Payton, who's an expiring restricted free agent. Um, if a team wants him, they could certainly play for his restricted free agency rights, but again, how do you value him? So you look at the Magic's trade assets, and it becomes clear that there are a lot of questions already. I mean, it's it's obvious it's obvious that that Orlando probably values their players more than other teams do. So again, like I said, Orlando's probably going to have to take back lesser talent uh to to get rid of some of these players or or to to spin off some of these players and and flip over this core the way they need to. And so I think when the Magic enter their trade talks, they have to have their goals in mind. What am I trying to accomplish by trading Alfred Payton? If, if is it just to get something back for him? Uh, what am I trying to accomplish if I trade Evan Fournier or Nikola Vucevic? Is it to free up some sp- from time, some time and some shots for Aaron Gordon? So am I looking to get back rotation caliber players or rotation level players? Bolster my depth by trading a starter. That's certainly a possibility as well. But I think the number one thing and a point that our Patrick Flynn over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com brought out, I thought pretty well, is the number one thing Orlando has to do is try and create financial flexibility again. Right now, Orlando just simply is not able to to move things around. Um, they've got a lot of salary committed, and they maybe aren't getting the production they need for the salary that they're giving, um, but they need to get out of that salary sooner rather than later. Give themselves a chance at, say, a max free agent at some point, or give themselves a chance to go sign an impact free agent or absorb a contract. I mean, the Magic are are under the cap, so they can absorb a contract if they needed to. But they need to get players that that have value kind of in and of themselves uh, and and won't clog their books up. Give them the freedom to make these choices. Because they, they don't have these choices right now. Like I said, they're only going to have about $13 million of cap room this summer. And all of that's going to have to go to Aaron Gordon. And all of that and more is going to have to go to Aaron Gordon. So Orlando's just not going to be able to spend much to improve their roster. So if this team wants to be better, if this team wants to make a playoff push in, say, 2019... It's going to have to come through trades, and that's extremely difficult to do, as I described, with the with the assets they have available to them. And so, the question then to me is, how do you go about creating cap flexibility? Well, it's not so much the Magic need to go out and purposefully look for cap flexibility. It'll come when it comes. But what they need to make sure they don't do is clog their books up further. They need to make sure they don't take on any additional long-term salary than they have to. You know, some people might say, oh, you know, maybe the Magic are the team that could just 
take Luol Deng to get rid of a bad contract. Not that the Lakers would, because the Lakers don't want bad contracts. They, they they're, not, they're not looking to take on an Evan Fournier to save their season. That's not what they want. Uh, they they want to clear cap. They want to get rid of Luol Deng so that they can go sign Paul George and DeMarcus Cousins and whoever else this summer. So, but deals like that, I think the Magic need to avoid. I, I, I think one guy that a lot of people have talked about that I've even talked about is George Hill. I might make an exception for him because he's only got two years, although you take on a little bit more money to bring him in. I think he's kind of a, a, a calming force point guard when he's healthy. Um, knows Frank Vogel very well. Um, so I think that he, I might make an exception to for taking on a little bit more money. His contract is relatively team-friendly. I think it's a, a non-guaranteed deal in 2020, so you'd have him next year. And then the year after, if you wanted to let him loose, you could let him loose. Um, so, you know, maybe that's a trade. You trade like an Alfred Payton and a Nikola Vucevic, Nikola Vucevic or Alfred Payton and Terrence Ross for him. Maybe you do that. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm spitballing here, so I don't even know if that works uh, under the salary cap. But, um, and, you know, maybe you get another player out of that too. Uh, you know, Vivek, like Mario, maybe you, you end up trading Mario in that deal as well. Um, but, you know, maybe that like a veteran like that, maybe you bite the bullet. That contract is a little bit more team friendly than maybe some of the other ones that I'm thinking of. But essentially, Orlando just needs to put themselves in a position to have options again. Right now, they don't have options. Right now, they have to look for trades and have to look for ways to to create financial flexibility again. And that's really, really tough. Obviously, that's the I'm, I'm spelling it out for you how tough that might be. But it can be done. And I think that's the strategy the Magic have to pursue right now. The Magic have to pursue a strategy of creating financial flexibility and giving themselves options in the summer to make their team better. Give Jeff Weltman the ability to evaluate his team. Something that he doesn't have right now. Right now, they're kind of stuck with what they've got. And I think the danger here is that the Magic might have to roll this thing over again another year. If they do that, that's trouble. It might be the right move and might be patient, but that's definitely trouble. Because right now, again, the most important thing on this team is Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and their draft pick. The Magic aren't going in on an all-star. The the idea, like everyone said, oh, maybe the Magic should have gone after Eric Bledsoe when they were playing well. Well, the Magic were playing well. They had no reason to push in on a guy like Eric Bledsoe. And they certainly don't, I mean, not that Eric Bledsoe is available now. He's obviously been traded already, but... They don't have the ability to, they probably don't have the ability to go out and get one of those star players. Now, if that opportunity comes around, you definitely have to explore it. And it has to be the right guy, too, that you want to build around. And that doesn't necessarily mean you take that opportunity or you you go all in on that opportunity to the point where you give up that draft pick or you give up something of value to tie yourself into a team long term. That's the thing they have to avoid. They have to avoid tying themselves into a certain core for the long term. Uh, you know, kind of like they did with Serge Ibaka. The problem with the Serge Ibaka deal, which I supported and I still think was the right kind of risk to take, essentially the Magic were, were betting that Serge Ibaka would be good enough and they would give him a max contract or, or something to that effect. And if it didn't work, they'd let him walk. And that's obviously what happened. And, and you know, I think I think they had an out. I think they had a good out and they took it and they they played it the way they needed to play it with how the st- season was going going that year. But essentially they were betting, if Serge Ibaka's good enough, that's our guy. And then they'd be locked into a core of Serge Ibaka, Bismack Biombo, and whoever else emerges. 
when you dig that extra level deeper into that deal, it makes a little less sense than perhaps it did on the surface if it made sense to you at all at the surface. It made sense to me. Like I said, I think it was the appropriate risk to take at the time, uh, but uh, definitely did not pan out. And obviously, Rob Hennigan's gone because of it. So again, when we get down to the brass tacks about trades, I think what's most important is the Magic need to find a way to create cap flexibility. They need to find a way to give themselves choices over the summer. Give themselves the ability to go out and make a deal or find a free agent that fits their needs. And that's what they don't have right now as evidenced by what they had to do this summer and evidenced by what their trade market is looking like right now. If the Magic make a deal at the deadline, I suspect they will be trading a player like Evan Fournay or Nikola Vucevic for what will seem like less talent. But really what that trade will be doing is creating either depth, certainly depth, and creating some flexibility to go out and find the players that fit what Jeff Weltman wants to do. We are getting to the point where the evaluations are ending and Jeff Weltman will be putting his imprint on the team. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I've gone a little bit longer than I wanted to today. Uh, some good conversation, I hope, on the trade deadline as we inch closer and closer and closer and closer to that and inch closer and closer to the midpoint of the season. I'll maybe do a little midpoint review on Sunday's Facebook Live. Remember, you can check that out on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page at noon. Uh, so facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. I'll do that reminder again in a moment. But before we do that, I, before we close the show, I want to quickly preview the game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Orlando Magic. We'll take on the LeBron James, Isaiah Thomas, and the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Amway Center at 7 o'clock on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I think that I think that right now Orlando's just got to focus on themselves. Cleveland is a very good defensive team. Uh, they probably won't have Kevin Love Saturday. Uh, but they will have Isaiah Thomas, and that's going to put a lot of stress on the Magic defense. Um, the Magic will have to be very good on the ball, keeping Isaiah Thomas out of the lane, which is something that they've struggled with for much of the season. Their ball containment has been very poor, as has their weak side rotations, and, and that's where Cleveland kills you because their three-point shooting around their big guys, around LeBron, around Isaiah Thomas, is very, very good. Uh, and so Orlando's going to have to defend the three-point line pretty a, a lot better than they did on Wednesday for sure. Although Houston's attempts were down, Houston made a ton of three-pointers and that really broke the game open and kind of broke the Magic's back. And, you know, even though the Magic, I thought, played some pretty good defense in the first half, you could kind of tell they were disappointed with their overall defensive effort at the end of the game. And, and of course, their offense 
struggled to, to break down Houston's defense. Cleveland's defense is just as good. Cleveland's defense can be really, really good. Uh, and uh, and Orlando's going to have their work cut out for them. It wouldn't surprise me if we see LeBron James take his turn on Aaron Gordon and, and give Aaron Gordon a, hey, hey, guy, welcome to being a star. You're getting my attention now. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we see that. I'm sure Cleveland remembers Orlando going coming to their place and stomping them at the beginning of the season, although you know, not everyone played in that game. Uh, but Orlando's got to worry about themselves. They got to do the right things. They got to play with good energy. If if Orlando does that, they have they have a chance, I guess. I mean, I, I think I think energy and and intensity and and all that stuff and execution of of what the Magic want to do um, are all really important to this team in the long term. But Orlando has to bring it themselves. Orlando has to bring that to the table first. Everything else is secondary right now. Bring the right focus and right intensity. Trust the pass. Keep at it, even if even if Cleveland's defense is stopping you on occasion. Keep at it. Keep executing your stuff. You know it can work if you just trust each other. If if you don't try and force things. If you just if you just let if you take what the defense gives you. All those cliches. They know it can work, and so really it's on the magic to make it work. It's on the magic to deliver in these moments. And to me, it'll be interesting to see if they can. It'll be interesting to see if they are capable of doing so, if they're able of, capable of stepping up to the plate. That part is not particularly clear at the moment. I mean, nothing's been clear about the magic at the moment. Right now, the offense is really, really struggling. Um, there's, there's no getting around it. Um, the, the magic's offense has been putrid um, for the last two for the last month and a half, essentially. So Orlando is going to have to have their work cut out for them. They're going to have to uh, have to play at a really high level to compete with a good Cleveland team that is playing really, really well. Um, this is a this is a game where maybe you do take a moral victory at the end if you're able to compete. But uh, Orlando will will have to have its work cut out for it and have to play with intense with with intense focus if they want to win this game. And of course, that's the hardest part to predict right now because the Magic have not always played with that intense focus, but. Cleveland always gets everyone's best shot. And 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 if Orlando is going to rise to the occasion, this is a team that they can do it for. So we'll, we'll see what Orlando has in store for Cleveland on Saturday. Like I said, Orlando's at the point where they need to focus on themselves. You know, as good as Dallas has played lately, they've got a winnable game at Dallas on Tuesday. Um, you got to get wins where you can. I know, I know people want to say, oh, you, you talk about the draft pick being so important. Why aren't you advocating tanking? If you're on the court, I want you to win. And, and as I've said uh, numerous times in the last five years, when you have the opportunity to win, you need to win. And so that's that's still my expectation, that if the Magic have the opportunity to win, I expect them to close the game out and find a way to win. And and I, I, I think that's the standard we should hold them to. We should just recognize that this is probably not a good team. They're not always going to win those games, and they're not always going to be competitive sometimes, and that's why they're a bad team. But this is a game that you hope Orlando can step up to the plate It'll be a packed house at the Amway Center for sure with LeBron and Isaiah Thomas in town. Uh, so definitely, uh, de- we'll definitely see what the Magic have in store. And we'll have a complete recap of that game on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. Again, tip-off is at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center on Saturday. So be sure to tune in on Fox Sports Florida or NBA League Pass if you get it if, and can't make it down to the Amway Center. 
That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening. I hope you uh, hope hope this was a good uh, picture of where the Magic stand entering the trade deadline and, and what, the, what the front office is thinking. Remember, if you want to read uh, Josh Robbins' story uh, interview with Jeff Weltman, President of Basketball Operations for the Orlando Magic, you can check that out on orlandosentinel.com. I'll also post a link on the Facebook page to search for Locked on Magic, as well as on Twitter at Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And while you're there, be sure to check out Locked On Jaguars as the Jacksonville Jaguars get set to take on the Buffalo Bills in the NFL playoffs. The first playoff appearance for the Jaguars in, ten, I think, a decade. I think it's been 10 years since the Jaguars were last in the playoffs. So be sure to check them out as well as the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, whether it's NBA or NFL, there is a podcast for your favorite and second favorite team. That's going to do it for me again today. Remember to join us Sunday at noon for the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. You can check that out on facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. Be sure to like Orlando Magic Daily on Facebook as well. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, you can, of course, check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. I'll see you all again Sunday for the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. But for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosenreich. I will catch you all Sunday for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.